Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to self-development, self-improvement, and helping you achieve the goals that you've laid forth in your life. I'm your podcast host, Brandon Davis, and in today's episode, I'm bringing yet another guest speaker to the episode to help us become a little bit better versions of ourselves. In today's episode, I have Dr. Anthony J. Perkins, who was born and raised in Connecticut. He presently resides in Phoenix, Arizona, and has served as an educational leader for three decades in the capacity of school teacher, vice principal, principal, district director, and school district superintendent. He holds a master's degree in education with an emphasis in diverse learners and a doctoral degree in educational leadership. In addition to his school experience, Dr. Perkins is a part-time leadership professor for Northern Arizona University and is an author of five books, Make Leadership Count, Leadership, Wild, Wonderful, and Perfectly in Process, The Principle of Moments, P3, Purpose, Pride, and Progress, and Can't Lose. His books can be purchased at Amazon.com. His current calling is inspirational speaking, mindset coaching, and organizational training. Dr. Perkins' interests include physical fitness, golf, and jazz music. However, he enjoys spending most of his time with his beautiful daughter. So Dr. Perkins, thanks so much for hopping on an episode with us here on the Get Over Yourself podcast. Um, is there anything else I missed? Would you like to include anything in that little biography? Tell people about you. No, Brandon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. If I continue to talk more about myself, it would be it would be bad. So, no, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Like I mentioned, we're super excited to have you. As you guys heard, he has been in education for over three decades now. And just to start off, uh, Dr. Perkins, what are some of the main overarching things you've learned as being an educator? It is a combination of learning and knowing how to work with people. You have a variety of parents, uh, staff members, students, and the media. It, it is just a big ball of working with people, being savvy, being sophisticated, yet having integrity and doing the right things for the overall goal of working with kids. That's awesome. And so Dr. Perkins, as he's spent this time educating kids, helping them out through the different callings he's had in the school system. Alongside with working with the parents and other family members of these children, he's become an expert on how kids can be motivated to become a better version of themselves. He's had the opportunity to work alongside these kids and see them progress through different strategies he now takes into his leadership and coaching conferences. So in today's episode, we'll be talking all about that about how Dr. Perkins has seen the motivation play an important role in his life and the lives of people he's touched. And we're excited to jump into it. So with all that being said, let's jump into today's episode. So Dr. Perkins, on that list I read a little bit ago, it talked about you having five different books you've authored. What kind of things do you talk about inside of these novels? In my five novels, I talk about leadership and how critical it is to move a team of people uh, through inspiration, through your encouraging words, 
through your actions. In addition to that, I talk about self-encouragement. Uh, in this day and age, especially in education, our educators are working very, very hard. And with COVID and other variables thrown at them, uh, the online learning process, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the, the educators need to continue to be motivated. They need to uh, continue to be inspired, letting them know they're doing a heck of a job for, for the hard times we're in. So as a leader, you need to be, again, savvy, sophisticated, and know how to work with a variety of people to keep moving everyone forward. So Dr. Perkins, how do you keep these people motivated? What you do is um, motivation is defined. There's many different definitions, but motivation, my, my primary definition is motivation is a con connection to an idea. So a good, really important strategy to utilize is a connection to an idea. That's the definition of motivation. Not to the level where you're interested, but to the level to where you're committed committed to the level of, I need air to breathe, that high level. So once you get your mindset to that point, and let me go back a little bit. So let me give you some examples of commitment versus interest. For youngsters, they want to make money. They want to get their car. They want to get a job. So that is a high level commitment to an idea. They're not interested in that stuff. They want to obtain those things. So that's the level I'm talking about. Again, motivation is a connection to an idea. Now, once you get your, your mindset to that state, now it's a matter of that eight-foot wall. How do you get over that, that foot, that, that, that wall, which I consider your first step? Now, if you look at a traditional staircase, we know steps are probably six to eight inches high, and you go up them. As you step through, you go up them. But that first step seems to be an eight-foot wall. So how do, you, how do you conquer that eight-foot wall, that first step? And some strategies are start with something that excites you to get to your idea. Start with something that you have what I call low-hanging fruit, things you have uh, access to, resources you have access to. And start with something that's easy. So again, easy, exciting low-hanging fruit. Start with those three things to get you momentum. Once you get that momentum going, it will help you get to the other unknowns and take all of those things, the easy, uh, the low-hanging fruit, the excitement, and then again, that gives you momentum to get to those unknowns. And those things will get you over that first step, which is the eight-foot wall. And then the other steps are six inches, six inches, six inches. How many times have you said to yourself, I don't want to do something only to connect yourself to an idea, to commit to it, and then go, wow, that was easier than I thought. I should have did this sooner. So the same concept applies. Connection to an idea, commit to it. Now go to easy things, exciting things, low-hanging fruit things, things you have uh, access as far as resources. That gives you momentum to get to those other unknowns, to get over that eight-foot wall. So that's a quick summary of a momentum or motivational strategy. I like that a lot, Dr. Perkins. I'm picturing this eight-foot wall in my head right now. And um, to me, I'm imagining myself climbing over it. And then, like you mentioned, after you get over that initial little bump, it's easier to start stepping up. You can go one foot after the other and just climb up that little staircase of life, whatever goals or motivation you desire.
So in your personal experience, what are some different types of eight foot walls that might be holding people back? A lot of people, and I don't, I say this respectfully, uh, there's only, if you look at the research and, and read a lot, 5% of people make it happen in life. You, other research might say 1%, other research might say 2%. My observation, uh, being alive for now almost 54 years, is they're just kind of, a lot of people are stuck in average, ordinary, mediocrity, defeat. And so they just kind of settle for what life gives them. What I'm recommending is that they don't settle, take control of your life and, and make life. So you hear the statement of it is what it is. And I really dislike that statement because, again, you're settling for average, ordinary, mediocrity, defeat. Instead, say it is what I make it. Now you have control. So I'm recommending people take control of their lives. You don't have to settle. You can dictate what goes on in your life by making a choice and putting an effort behind it. And you can't lose. Making a positive choice, putting an effort behind it, and you can't lose. So... That's what's holding people back. It's a mindset of this is okay. Everyone else is doing it. Why should I stand out and be different, unique? Uh, they may say stuff about me, and that's okay. Remember, it's your journey. It's your life. If you're a little different than everyone else, that's okay. And be okay with that and keep moving forward. But it's, a, it's to answer your question, it's that mindset of I'll just stay over here with the 95 percenters. I don't want to stand out. And people are afraid to take that first step to stand out, to be unique, to be different. Yeah. Oftentimes, I feel like with how the way crowds work, you know, the concept of mob mentality, people often are afraid to stand out and show who they truly are. You get with your friend groups, you get with your family, and you almost feel like you have to be a certain version of yourself depending who you're around. But hopefully by implementing the strategies you're talking about, people will realize that it's okay to be who they are. It's okay to go after the goals and dreams that they have. They just have to get to that position first. Would you agree? I would totally agree. Everyone has their journey and they need to stay in their journey. So for an example, if I want to be a rock star, one, I know I can't sing and that's not my journey. There's a statement out there that I love that says, if you try to be do someone else's journey, you might hurt yourself because you're not meant for that journey. So stay within your journey, do your thing. Uh, you know internally what you need to do. It's that intuition. It is that thing you're always thinking about at night in the shower while you're walking the mall. Uh, it's, it's constantly within you to say, this is my purpose. This is my journey. And I need to go down that street. This is the reason why I've been in education for now for three decades. Uh, I graduated from high school, obviously. I still didn't have a calling, didn't know what I wanted to do. My dad said go into electronics uh, field. That was the big thing in the 80s. It's it's going to boom. He was right, but I didn't. I, I did go into electronics field, but I didn't have a passion. Then all of a sudden my calling hit me to whereas I could not stop thinking about education, dreaming about it, thinking about it. It was just in my mindset all the time. So I said, okay, my higher power wants me to be over here. This is my race. This is my journey. So I'm going to do it. So I jumped in being a substitute teacher, then got my degrees at nighttime uh, through night classes. And then um, here I am, uh, you know, almost 30 years later, going up the ladder, like you had mentioned before, teacher, vice principal, principal, director, superintendency. So I listened to my calling 
and that was it for me to enjoy it. Now that I just recently retired, my new calling is to really get into personal development and really help others. Now that I have some experience behind me, I have many things to share, still a lot to learn. That's great that you're implementing a lot of these strategies into your own life. It's easier to always suggest the advice rather than take it into yourself. So I appreciate the example you just gave, Dr. Perkins. And going into that, you mentioned how one day it kind of just hit you that you needed to be an educator. What if it's not so simple for other people? What if they haven't found that true calling yet in their life? What if they've been working the same job for 20 years and feel like it still isn't a passion of theirs? What if there's somebody like me who's a college student just trying to figure out what they want to do with their life? Do you have any suggestions or advice? My advice is just to be patient, remove all the drama, the noise, the go-go in your life, and that calling will come. It's that internal intuition, something you're always thinking about, knowing you're in the wrong place type mentality. It will come to you and it will guide you to the right place. And you can't be scared. Uh, you have to just research it the best you can, ask a lot of questions, shadow people, listen, learn, take notes. If, for an example, if so, a calling is to be an engineer, surround yourself with engineers. Go on a podcast and listen to what engineers do. There's plenty of social media out there where you can learn a lot about engineering. There's plenty of groups on the Facebooks, etc that you can connect yourself with those type of people and learn about it and see if you really want to do something. If you're thinking engineer, 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 that's a calling for you. That's your purpose. So again, gravitate to that side of your world, learn about it, get role models in that area, talk to them, and then start attaching yourself to that field. And again, you're going to have to start off slow and do some low level work before you learn and move up and move up. The concern I have with this new generation is they're in a hurry. They want to start at the top and you can't start at the top. You got, you got to, if you, once you're at the top, you got to be able to lead people who are below you. And so you want to go through those below positions this way. When you're finally at the top, you know what you're doing and saying. So I would, again, to answer your question, just listen to your intuition, that internal calling inside of you. You got to remove all that drama in your life and listen for it. And it will come. I'm a true believer that everyone has a calling. I believe that too, Dr. Perkins, and it kind of relates to something I actually talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago with Addison Jarman, who has a big social media presence. Um, she uses social media to teach people about finances and whatnot. But anyways, me and her were talking about the fact that a lot of times because of the social media day in which we live, people often see the end result of somebody's journey. They don't see the hard work and the patience and the amount of hours spent to get to a certain point of their life that they're in. They see the final results with, um, depending on who you follow or whatnot, they see the flashing money or they see the amazing benefits or they see that career success and they don't realize how much hard work comes behind it. So Dr. Perkins, how does somebody continue to create motivation in their lives? What happens if they fail over and over again and they feel like they have that calling in their life but they can't seem to catch a break or they can't seem to keep going because it's not working out? That is a great question because that will happen to everyone. And like you said, people see results and they see the results they want to see and they want that immediate gratification. But that takes 
years. There's countless stories out there on the internet or through family and friends where people have gone from selling simple sandals in their van, you know, throughout the years and various states living day to day, living week to week, paycheck to paycheck, only then 10, 15, 20 years later for their company to explode. And now they're millionaires, but it took them, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of grinding of grit. And that's what comes with success to be uncomfortable, to go through financial instability, to fight, 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 get knocked down, to fail, to, to have many people tell you over and over, no, your product is no good, it's not worthy, et cetera, et cetera. So you gotta keep picking yourself up and believe. And kind of back to what I said, what's your motivation? Connection to an idea and commit to it. Not be interested, commit to it through the bad and the ugly, and it's going to happen to you. My 30 years in education, I've been through many failures, Many people have thrown rocks at me, mean, meaning uh, rocks mean disapproval. Uh, and I don't stop to throw rocks back because I wouldn't have enough rocks. So you just got to kind of keep plowing through all that negativity and keep doing the right thing and keep having that integrity. Do it not because it's a, a me thing. Do it because you're helping, in my case, kids, uh, the next generation. So you got to have what I call perk ups. And perk ups are kind of like boosters. When you go through some doubt, some fear, uh, some defeat, what is your perk up? So for me, uh, when I go through my, my tough times, I change my environment. It could be a change of environment. It could be doing things different time of, of day. Uh, it could be I just need some motivational music. Um, it could be a power shake I need to drink to give me some more energy to keep going. It could be an activity. It could be some type of inspiration. A big thing I go to early in the morning is YouTube, and I put on some inspirational, uh, motivational uh, speeches, and I listen to those. Sometimes it could be uh, people of faith, people of not faith. But change, have your perk-ups where as you're going through life, you're going to get hit with some punches. But get back up. Use your perk-ups to get you through those doubts, those what-ifs. And just and just keep pushing forward and it will happen. It will. And what kind of factor does time play inside of this entire process? Like you mentioned, and like I mentioned, a lot of times it takes years and years of grinding. So how can people bear down and commit if they know it's going to be a long journey ahead of them? Set short-term wins or goals so you see and feel progress and set long-term wins and goals. Uh, so I tell my daughter, as uh, she, you know, as far as investing for the future, here's um, an annuity. That's a long-term investment. Here's something else. This is a short-term, so she can see and feel gains as she's going through her journey. So again, setting short and long-term goals, or I call them wins, so you can see and feel it throughout your journey. Also, time is very important to me. It's very critical. Uh, there's a concept called the law of diminishing intent. Again, it's called the law of diminishing intent. And what that is, is when the idea is hot and the emotion, your emotions are high, act. Act right then and there. Don't wait because in a week, half of that idea will be faded away. In a month, it'd be totally gone. So the law of diminishing intent, practice that. When the idea is hot, the emotion is high, act immediately. 
and remind yourself that life is not permanent, so it's precious. Leadership is not permanent, so it's precious. Our relationships, our kids are not permanent, so everything is precious. All of us get 77 years. That's the average human lifespan. So if we're blessed, we get 77 summers, falls, winters, and springs. Every day, all of us get 86,400 seconds in each day. So what are you going to do with your valuable seconds? 4%, check this out, 4% of your day, a lowly 4% is equal to one hour of your day. So commit to your goal for a minimum, at least one hour. That's a minimum. And then you finally, what you do is when you jump into that goal for one hour, it will motivate you to go two hours, to go three hours. So think about time as, as something that is very precious. We all complain about time. We're all concerned about time. There's not enough time. Time is going by too fast. My advice, create your time. Create your time. Look at the clock and don't look at the numbers on the clock. What I do is I visualize a clock, a round clock. And instead of seeing the numbers 1 through 12, every hour is just the word now, 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 now. So my time is now to get things done. That's amazing. I love those strategies. Um, as somebody who is very organized, and I'm definitely the type to schedule things out and to plan every minute of my day. I think that's super impactful because often we get worried with the concept of we only have 24 hours in the day. I'm usually sleeping between six to eight of those. How can I achieve more than that? How can I make sure there's time for everything? And it's exactly what you're saying. You got to set aside the time and you just start working for the now, the now, the now, and you get the motivation. You get the little fuel behind it to keep you going. Once you start a project, you need to keep going for it. Exactly. Just put in, commit to one hour. And again, for one hour is 4%. And then what you'll find is when you're 45 minutes in, you'll want to do another hour. And then when you're an hour and a half in, you want to do another hour. And that's how you get that momentum, that motivation going. And then you set a benchmark. Okay, today I'm only going to work for three hours. And, and at least you can walk away from your desk saying, I did three hours today versus zero. And when we're talking about this, just remember everyone who's listening that it doesn't have to just be something that you're chasing for creating a business or your gym goals. This could be going over anything in your life that you're trying to improve in. Maybe it's your spirituality. Maybe it's your fitness. Maybe it's the time you spend with your family. Whatever it is, use this 4% of your day, like Dr. Perkins is saying, to help somebody out. Use it to benefit more for yourself. Use it as a meditation period. Use it as a time where you can reflect on what's going good. Use that hour though, use that two hours and just keep improving it. Use it as that eight foot wall that once you get started, it's hard. But once you finally climb over it, it's just those baby steps back to back to back. There you go. There you go. Okay. So Dr. Perkins, one final question I have for you today is how do we make sure that social media doesn't stop us from getting over our eight foot wall? Kind of going back to what we were talking about a little bit ago. How do we make sure we're not comparing ourselves to others? And how do we keep finding that motivation in our lives? Great question, Brandon. Today, social media has a major impact in uh, our, our households, uh, with families, with individuals. It was originally designed to connect people, to, to make us social uh, beings, to reunite with people. However, it's doing a really good job of making us very antisocial with instilling fear, division, doubt, shaming, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to just relay to you and, and your audience that don't 
you know, my recommendation would be the less engagement in social media as far as negative stuff to stay away from because that's considered programming. Everything we take in from what we see and what we hear is programming our subconscious mind and it stays with us and then it controls how we act, how we think, how we feel and how we view people. So please, you know, I recommend just uh, watching your social media, only engaging in it with positive things. There's a lot of positive things within social media, but just being self-aware that anything negative, push to the side and listen and watch all the positivity behind social media. As you don't want social media to stop your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. And, and it seems like some people get caught up in that where, well, you know, they're talking bad about me because I'm being different. I'm being unique. I'm, I'm striving for my goals. They're not. And so they're bashing me. So don't don't let that uh, interfere with your with your with your goal setting and conquering your goals. If I could add one last piece of strategy to that, it would be make sure you're following accounts that relate and correlate with your goals. For me personally, I follow tons and tons of mental health pages, personal development pages. Why? Because those are the things I'm working on in my life. It's so I can find new content. It's so I can become a better version of myself. I'm trying to surround myself with people, even though it's online, with people who will motivate me to achieve my goals. And I think that's all we can do sometimes is put and surround ourselves with the people or the influences on social media. Surround ourselves with that kind of impact. So we're constantly thinking, this is what I need to get done. This is what my focus is. This is what I committed to. No, I'm going to achieve it and nothing's going to stop me. We have to have that kind of mindset. Well stated. Uh, again, like I just want to echo your words. Surround yourself with the right-minded people. If you're striving for, like I used before, engineering or opening up a business. And whatever you're striving for, surround yourself with those type of people. Just like Brandon mentioned, you can go online and there's plenty of resources where you can connect with that type of people that uh, aligns with your vision. And again, to close, I just want to make sure that you have this right. I always like to do a kind of like a review closure. So motivation is a connection to an idea, not being interested in the idea, but being really committed to it at a high level. Once you get to that high level, taking a first step, think of a staircase. We know staircases are probably six inches for each step. But that first step, for some reason, for a lot of us, is like an eight-foot wall, like an eight-foot step. And so grabbing towards something that's easy to start things going, exciting, and I call low-hanging fruit, things you have access to, will get you that momentum to get over that eight-foot wall and other uh, unknown variables. And then once you're over that eight-foot wall, the other steps are six inches, six inches, and you're just, you're moving now. And then... Along all of that process, you're going to have doubt, fear set into your mind. And think of perk-up situations, as I mentioned before, of changing your environment that may perk you back up, changing the time of day you do things, music, uh, activities, some inspiration that will perk you up to keep you on your journey. Perfect. Well, Dr. Perkins, as many people know here on the podcast, and as you're about to find out, I love introducing little challenges after the episode to really challenge people to do exactly what they heard in the podcast, to motivate them to start going. So I think today's challenge will be pretty simple, but it's something we can all find more impact in our lives when we implement it, is the simple concept of find what you're passionate about, 
and start making more time in your day for that passion. Whether it's going to the gym, sitting down and reading, watching a Netflix show, being with your wife and kids a little bit more, whatever you're passionate about, use that 4% of your day that Dr. Perkins mentioned about, that simple one hour, and add a little bit more time to it so you can actually harness what you're passionate about and start implementing the little things in your life so you can achieve it, so you can be surrounded with the happiness and the things that you desire most in your life. So that's my challenge for you guys. Spend a little bit more time with what you're passionate about, and I hope that will increase your happiness levels. I hope that will reduce some stresses in your life, especially as we're just getting through the holiday season and everything's going on around us. The new year's approached us. I really hope that this can change your life to make you a better version of yourself. Dr. Perkins, thank you so much for joining us on the episode. Um, would you like to mention any social media or anything else where people can reach out if they have questions? Yeah, they can reach me at my website, perkup, P-E-R-K-U-P dash Y-O-U dot com. That's my website or my email, perkup, P-E-R-K-U-P, the number six and seven, perkup67 at yahoo.com. If they have any further questions, et cetera. Perfect. You guys heard the man. If you have any questions, check out his website. Go ahead and send him an email. Also, if you have any questions for me, go ahead and send me a message over all social medias at the.brandon.davis. And we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. Dr. Perkins, thanks so much. And everyone, just remember, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and get over that eight-foot wall. Mm -hmm.